0: And we're going to reflect a bit further about Abraham was a very powerful and influential figure. And because of Abraham we are blessed today and that patriarch carries on his blessing. And if you turn to Genesis chapter 26, we read in verse 1, Now there was a famine in the land. I don't know if any of you have ever worked in a place where there is a famine of food. And uh, my younger son tells me that the desert plains in North Africa are going to spread over the next decades south into deeper into Africa. And I remember a, a Christian futurologist um, talking about the conflicts that we will see across the world are where there will be battles to do with water and access to water. Famine is a lack of food and water, and it's a reality in the majority world. Whilst a quarter of the world is eating too much, three quarters of the world doesn't know where food and water may come from. And in the time of Isaac, Abraham's son, he faced this famine. But famine can mean more than um, a lack of food. It can mean about a desert, a lack of knowing where is God, a spiritual barrenness in our neighbourhoods and our wider nation. Is there a famine of God in our land? Are people hungry for God or are they hungry for idols? The idols of gadgets, of fancy homes, careers, impatiently want to make it to the top without sacrifice. Famine, to take responsibility for our health, our lifestyles, our spiritual well-being. And there's a famine of mental well-being across our land the great Muhammad Ali said this it isn't the mountains ahead to climb that wear you out it's the pebble in your shoe think about it the pebble in the shoe is what gets to us and what's the pebble in your shoe that's hurting you and hindering you So Isaac went to the king of the Philistines, Abimelech. And in verse 2, Isaac sought the guidance of the Lord. And the Lord appeared to Isaac, and do not go down to Egypt. You don't want to go back to the Egyptians. You don't want to go back to slavery. Live in the land where I tell you to live. Stay in this land for a while, and I will be with you, and I will bless you. For to you and your descendants I will give all these lands and will confirm the oath I swore to your father Abraham. When life gets rough, in my experience both as a minister and as a man, we have a choice in the rough moments of life to seek God or seek self-pity. It's not pretty seeing people seek self-pity. And Isaac is reminded by God, I will be with you and I will bless you. And if we miss something, sometimes we forget the blessing that's upon us. God says to Isaac, and he says to us this week, in 2019, with so much uncertainty around us, Through Jesus, lo, I am with you always, always, and I will bless you. And we need to have an open mind and an open heart to allow God to bless us and pour out his blessing through us. In God's kingdom, it's like Christmas every day. In God's storehouse of heaven, he never stops giving. His presence, his peace, his love, his hope, his encouragement, his joy, his goodness, his eternal life, his salvation. I could go on. And Proverbs 4 verse 23 says this, Above all, guard your hearts. And this is where the battle's going on, where we allow the evil one to steal the blessing of peace that passes human logic. But guard our hearts, guard the treasure. We are a blessed people, all because of Abraham, the man known as the friend of God, and supremely through the Son of God, Jesus. In 1 Peter chapter 2, uh, verse 9, Peter the apostle says, you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood a holy nation, a people belonging to God. Our lives may not feature in the newspapers for our greatness, for our silent gallantry, for our service to others. We may not be remembered by those in wider society. But God knows you and me. God remembers us. God has put our names in the book of life. And Ambelech says to Isaac in verse twenty-nine, Now you are now blessed of the Lord. Ambelech sees that he's a man of God, that God's got his blessing. We may have fail the Lord, we may have our faults, and we're learning to forgive ourselves and one another. And God forgives us ten thousand times ten thousand. We may have broken friendships family squabbles, fractured work relationships. But God's love extends to those people too. They too might be or come into the blessing of the Lord. So tonight we need to refresh our minds in Christ to know that we are his and he is ours. But Isaac goes on to tell us that in verse 35 we will be tested through relationships with others. So we need to be prepared, and we read about that right at the end of the chapter. I wonder if any of your children have hitched up with someone you don't approve of, because they were a source of grief to Isaac and Rebecca, and that was because Esau had married Judith. We'll find out more about them at another point. But even good relationships can turn sour. Doesn't God doesn't cause it, but he uses relational problems to get our attention, to test our attitudes. And so I just want to focus on the wells that Isaac did. And I'm I'm amazed at his relentlessness because it's quite disheartening when you dig a well and then someone fills in or they argue about it and he has to keep going on and digging wells. So if we go to verse 14 of chapter 26, we can read about that, where the well is jealousy It just ends with the Philistines envied him. Envy was the first point of discord in the relationship between Isaac's clan and the local Philistines. For no apparent reason, the Philistines began to act strangely toward Isaac. Once they'd been very open and they'd been very friendly, but now all of a sudden their attitude changes. They became jealous, they felt threatened by the blessing of God upon Isaac's life. You think about some of our families' histories. I think about some of the pastoral visits I've made in churches past where families have fallen out because of envy, And jealousy, and many relational problems stem from envy. So if you are blessed and you seem to be growing while others diminishing, beware that others might try and sling mud down your well. But we need to examine our hearts. Psalm 139 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. We need to examine ourselves and make sure that there is no envy or jealousy in our own hearts towards others. The second well is in verse 20, the relational well of strife. And it goes on to say about the water is, is ours, arguments, arguments. Jealousy can be very subtle, gently removing. It causes people to withdraw from the scene of life. But in this section of verse 20, jealousy can turn into outright opposition, even open arguments. And the Hebrew word esek, the words used in this text, can mean a lawsuit. This is what an argument is, a lawsuit against someone else. Arguments can be very corrosive. In relationships, quarreling can be very demanding and divisive. And some people thrive on exerting influence through arguing. Some people love arguing. I work with colleagues who love arguing, not in church, in business I hasten to add. And um, they love to exert their style of personality through that. Some of us prefer a more kind of peaceful, peaceable life. So may we be those who have, don't have to have the last word to be always right. May we be those who become peacemakers. So we've got the well of jealousy, the well of strife arguments. And in verse 21, then they dug another well. I admire their tenacity. But they quarreled over that one also. So he named it Sitmer. And it's the well of accusation. Isaac had to dig another well. Again, it was contested. Sitna it means Satan. It means accuser. We see this lot on our news with politicians accusing one another. It's the third level of relationship problems. At this point, the problem has gone from jealousy to opposition to accusation. And the person involved in the test has now begun to actually spread things against Isaac's character and his people's character. They're actually slandering them, accusing them for no other reason. And we see this in the world of politics and commercial relationships Accusation is a very dangerous thing. It's a demonic thing to be an accuser. Satan is known as the accuser. He accuses us of things that aren't true, that we're bad people, we're no good, we've failed, you're in the rubbish bin. That's not what Jesus thinks of us. We need to be careful as James, the letter of James in the New Testament, warns us about the use of our tongue, and the words we use. We need to be careful how and what we say. Well, good news is in verse 22, we begin to move away from all this negativity and we begin to move towards hope and understanding. He moved on from there yet again and dug another well and no one quarreled over it. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! He named it Rehoboth, saying, Now the Lord has given us room, and we will flourish in the land. And it's the well of flourishing that we've got room enough to accommodate one another. At last a breakthrough, because Isaac acted and didn't react. The enemy finally had to leave him alone. He outlasted his critics, opponents, And accusers, the world became uncontested. And Rehoboth means wide open spaces. So I'm an East Anglian, I'm afraid. I love wide open spaces. I'll never forget, I'm not a New Yorker. I like to see the skyline, not the high rise line. I much prefer Washington, D.C. to New York because of that room enough there's space enough for others to accompany us in this church in this journey no longer is everything controversial and contested now there is prosperity and abundance and so we begin to see a turnaround in the relationship between uh, the hebrews and the philistines in verses 23, we're not going to read it to verse 33, we begin to see the well of restoration. Out of nowhere, Isaac's enemies appeared and asked him no less for forgiveness and blessing. Those enemies and opponents and accusers asked Isaac for a blessing. And what did Isaac do? He made them a feast. He made them dinner. And their relationship was permanently restored with a covenant. That day, they hit another well, and Isaac named it Sheba, which means seven. Seven is a holy number, or an oath, it means. The Lord will cause your enemies to restore back seven times what has been stolen to you. That comes from Proverbs 6, verse 30. So it's one thing to pray to make our enemies our friends, and that's something that we should be doing in our world as we think of Remembrance Sundays and conflicts. It's another thing to allow God to shape the architecture of my heart and yours, to make that happen, to begin to imagine Those people who are enemies or accusers, imagining us walking alongside them, forgiving them. I wonder which well, out of all of these, God is calling us as a church to work on. Is it it the well of flourishing in verse 22? Is there room enough in the church for all people of shapes, sizes and backgrounds or is it that we don't react to our accusers or irritants from the outside of the church or within, a place of both, of wide open space filled with the grace and the truth of Christ? There's an old custom that apostolic men from the New Testament used to say as they entered the house. It followed the risen Jesus entering the house. Peace be with you. Peace be unto this house. Charles Spurgeon told this story. For my part, I value a good man's blessing. As I drove up the hill in South Norwood in the country, it was then, some time ago, a poor man and his wife were walking down the hill. I'd never seen them before but the woman (coughs) excuse me pulled the husband by his coat they both stood and looked at me and at last said quite loudly it's him it's him god bless him blessing Spurgeon and although her greeting was not quite grammatical it became evident from her heart and I felt happier for it as I went on my way I saw her afterwards and asked her the reason for her words. Why, she said, I have read your sermons for many a year and could not help saying, God bless him. When I saw you, for you have been a blessing to me. Thus that humble woman being blessed of the law became a blessing to me. So why have I shared that story I've shared that story because we need to be a blessing to one another. Ministers need to be blessed. Deacons need your blessing. Powerhouse group leaders need your blessing. Open door trustees and volunteers need your blessing. Church administrators and caretakers need your blessing actually we all need your blessing of encouragement god bless you dear woman dear man Ambilek saw isaac's friendship not just because he was wealthy something much deeper he saw in verse 28 the lord's favor and swore a treaty of peace No, Isaac's enemy sought out peace with him. And we need peace builders in our world. And maybe God's calling, that's a role that some of you have to build and mend fences, build bridges. We're highly favored. We are God's very own children of God here tonight. You are now blessed of the Lord. You may be poor, perhaps in this world's good. But you are an heir of almighty God, or perhaps weak or ill, scarcely able to be in your place. But though flesh and strength may fail us, we are blessed of the Lord because his grace will triumph in us and over all. We may be oppressed with many a fear, with many a care in our heart, but we are blessed of the Lord And on him we can cast our care and from him receive deliverance from all our fears. Whatever our distress, friends, that overwhelms us, we can have a flood of joy of the Lord when we share our fears with God. He gives us peace in exchange. There's a lovely film that came out in 2000 starring Helen Hunt. I don't know if any of you saw it. It was called Pay It Forward. And the basis of the film was the story of a social studies teacher who gives an assignment to his junior high school pupils to think of an idea to change the world for the better. And then he puts them into action. And one young student creates a plan called Pay It Forward. And that is to pay a favor. You have one person and then three people are blessed by some action that you do for them. And you ask for nothing back. But those three people then have to bless three people each. And then it goes on and on and on. It not only affects the life of his struggling single mother, but he sets in motion An unprecedented wave of human kindness, which unbeknown to him, has blossomed into a national phenomena. May we be those who are blessed that we might bless those around us. Even the irritants, the difficult, bless them this coming week. It's time for God's church to arise and pay it forward. To be a blessing to family, friends, church members. Create that ripple of God's blessing as Isaac took the patriarchal blessing and blessed those, including the Philistines. Amen. Well, let's stand to sing our final hymn.